0: Mark chapter 2, we're going to start at verse number 1 and land at verse number 12. And just before we read it, let's just kind of set the tone and the trajectory for where we're going. Because when I was studying this passage, I was immediately reminded of a story of a man who called up his doctor in a complete panic. He said, Doc, I got to see you right now. He walks into his doctor's office and the doctor said, Sir, what's the problem? The man said, Everything. Doctor goes, what do you mean, everything? He said, Doc, every place in my body that I touch, I immediately keel over in excruciating pain. Doctor goes, what do you mean, every place? He said, every place. Doctor said, okay, touch your elbow. Man touched his elbow. Doctor said, touch your knee. Man touched his knee. Doctor said, touch your hair. Man touched his hair. The doctor goes, dummy, you got a dislocated finger. (laughs) (laughs) Some of y'all get that tomorrow. See, (laughs) City Lights, sometimes in life, you can think there's something wrong with everything, when in actuality, there's just something wrong with one thing. And if you could get the one thing together, everything else would take care of itself. Uh, I'm already preaching it here today. I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus is in the business of getting to the one thing that is affecting everything else. We see it today in Mark chapter 2. So let's look at this. It's going to be good. It says in verse 1 of Mark chapter 2 that a few days later, Jesus... Again entered Capernaum, and the people heard that he had come home. And so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "'Son, your sins are forgiven.' But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Can you say amen? Amen. Come on, that's good all by itself. All by itself is good. I want to appreciate that using this as a title. I got more than what I came for. I got more than what I came for. Would you help me preach? Look at the person next to you, get in their face, get in their personal space, and just say neighbor. Come on, don't be afraid to talk to your neighbor in church. Come on. Look at them right in their face. Say neighbor. If you get to Jesus, you'll get more than what you came for. Just in case that neighbor was stuck up and bougie, find another neighbor, find another neighbor, (laughs) come on, find another neighbor. Say, Other neighbor, you're my second option. (laughs) But I want you to know if you get to Jesus, you'll get more than what you came for. Come on, if you know it to be true, would you give God some praise up in here? Come on, let's pray before we go into this word. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that there's not a person here today that is at City Light Church by accident. God, they are here by your divine providence. You knew this moment we would be here. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today. Lord, don't let us be here today out of religious routine. We've not come today to be entertained, we have come to be drastically changed. Speak to us so clearly. Let us leave different in the way that we came in. And Jesus, because I am from the great country of Texas in the city of Dallas, even right now, favor your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, to defeat every Detroit Lion in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Yeah. You have not because <laughs> that's not. Um, <laughs> I got more than what I came for. How many would say, just by a showing of hands, that you were raised in church? Can I see your hand if you were raised in church? Oh, wow, that's almost everybody. Hold on, keep it lifted, raised in church? I just need to see who needs the counseling. Uh, No, I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh, I'll lift up my hand with you, and uh, I'll let you know that I, too, was raised in church. And if you lifted up your hand, you are probably acutely aware of the fact that the life of a church kid Is distinctly different than the life of a regular kid. Oh, come on, somebody. There are trials and tribulations and situations that you'll go through as a church kid that other kids aren't even aware of, okay? I know this too well, because growing up in our household, we had to be in church. Every day the doors were open. Had to be in church. There were no discussions. There were no debates, no diatribes. Uh, it was not a democracy. It was a dictatorship, okay? <laughs> had to be in church. I-, I vividly remember one Sunday, I think I was like 13, and I woke up feeling kind of bold, kind of brave, kind of gangster, and uh, I said to my father, I said to my father, I said, Ooh, To my Nigerian father, okay? I said, I'm not going this Sunday. I don't feel like it. I said that to my Nigerian father. And you know what my Nigerian father said to me? He said, let me tell you something, boy. No, 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 let me tell you something. You have two options, huh? You can get out of that bed and go to church, or I can kill you. And we will go to church and have your funeral. But either way, you will be in church. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Go to church. Bo- Wakanda forever. Boy, this is not a game. Go to church. He didn't do the Wakanda part, but the rest happened, for real. Um, <laughs> dinners were different. Dinners were different in the Medu household because you could not eat your food. You could not touch the plate without my mama hitting you with this question. What's your favorite scripture? Before you could eat your food, you had to give a scripture. Before you could touch the plate, you had to give a scripture. City Light, you don't know hunger Till your mind is racing through the Bible just trying to find a scripture so you can eat your food. I remember one dinner being so annoyed with my mama, I looked at her and said, Jesus wept. Give me the chicken. Why are you playing with people's food? That's the environment that I grew up in. And, uh, to be honest with you today i am so thankful so thankful that's the environment that i grew up in Because it has produced something on the inside of me. It's produced this insatiable desire for the Word of God. I am obsessed with the Word of God. It is the hinge upon which my faith has its mobility. The Word of God is the irreducible, substantive essence of what it means to know who Jesus is. To those of you who think that book you're holding is some boring, antiquated book that doesn't really relate to your life, you have lost your mind. That is the only book that's still alive. It is the only book that's still breathing it's it's the only book that has power it it is the only book watch this that was written in antiquity but yet it can speak to the specificity of your life there is nothing like God's word you understand that other books you can read but the Bible is different because the Bible will read you If you let it, it will read you. It will show you who you are and whose you are. And and although I love the Bible in its entirety, come on, we all have our favorites, don't we? And I think my favorite section, my favorite literary genre in the Bible are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just give me those four and no more. In fact, I've spent so much time studying the Gospels, I feel like they're close personal friends of mine. I call them Matt, Marky Mark, Uncle Luke, and Little John. (laughs) I love the Gospels because it's in the Gospels that we get to see the ministry of Jesus Christ. Christ himself. I can see how he walked, how he talked, how he handled situations. One scholar said that the gospels are Christology in narrative form. That's just a fancy way to say that the gospels are the closest thing that we have of a biography of the greatest man who ever walked the face of this earth, and his name is Jesus. I, I love the gospels. Here's what I love. I love that these four gospel writers are all talking about the same Jesus, but they do it in totally different ways. Totally different, almost like four film directors who've been given the same subject to film, but have each been given their own cinematic license to film it. Each one of them give us a different HD, 4K view of who Jesus really is. And that's why I'm glad Marky Mark is our director for today. See, 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 if you like long, boring documentaries, you got to read the book of Matthew, okay? Because, you know, Matthew's writing primarily to a Jewish audience, so he begins the long and laborious process of letting you know that Jesus is the fulfillment of over 300 Old Testament prophecies that were given in a 1,500-year time span. Anybody ever read Matthew chapter 1? Get you some espresso when you read it, okay? Excitement level is right up there with the book of Leviticus, okay? For the whole first chapter, we are just scripturally inundated with baby daddy after baby daddy after baby daddy. (laughs) That's chapter one. If if you like sci-fi movies, sci-fi movies, you got to read the book of Luke because Luke is a doctor. So Luke goes into detail to explain the miracles that Christ did and how his miracles could do what modern medicine could not do. Uh, If you like those mushy, gushy, romantic chick that some of us husbands are forced and coerced to go see you got to read the book of John okay if you like the movie Dear John read John okay because you know John he's the disciple that's always laying his head on the chest of Jesus and it's all about love and he's very existential he says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God but those of you who are like me and you like some movies with some action where things get blown up and people get beat up come with your boy to the book of Mark. Mark is Jesus Christ in action Mark is so gangster he don't even have time for baby Jesus no, read it. Read it. Read Mark. You will not find a manger in the book of Mark. This dude skips Christmas and goes straight to full-grown Jesus with hair on his chest, smelling like Old Spice. Mark is not playing games with you. Mark wants to let you know with clarity and precision that before there was a Russell Crowe and Gladiator, before there was a Mel Gibson and Braveheart, before there was a Denzel, my twin, hello, before there was any of them, please believe there was a King Jesus, and when he stepped in a situation, it had to turn around it had to come under his divine authority because he wasn't just a good man he was a god man he was god in flesh walking among us i need to calm down but it's the last service i feel like turning up just a little bit in mark chapter 2 the bible is clear that jesus he's been traveling he's been picking up on his frequent walker miles and uh it's funny to me and he gets to a house. Jesus gets to a house, a certain house. Historians believe that this was the disciple Peter's house. And the Bible says when Jesus gets to this house, all he does is he sits down to rest in the house. Sure, he was tired from the journey. Just sits down to chillax in this house. And within minutes of him sitting down to rest in the house, all of a sudden, throughout the entire region, people start going, Psst, hey, come here. Come yeah. here. Guess who's in town? Guess who just showed up? You know, I can't miss that hair. Jesus. Yes, it's him. He just showed up. Before you know it, people start getting on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and start putting the address on blast saying, hurry up, get to this house. And before you know it, the entire house is jam packed with people simply because his presence sat down to rest in one house people from different walks of life, people from different backgrounds, all converged in one place because his presence sat down to rest in one place. Come on, the Bible is clear. It uses picturesque language. It says there wasn't even room outside the door. It was standing room only because his presence sat down to rest in one place. What is it, City Light Church, about the presence of God coming to rest in a place that causes people to be drawn from everywhere? I'll tell you what it is. People in instinctively know if you can ever get God's presence just to sit down and rest in a place come on how many of you know something life-changing something supernatural something miraculous can happen if his presence will just come and sit down and rest in one place if you don't believe me why are you here this afternoon Hello, you could have been sleeping in today. You could be golfing right now. You could be brunching right now. Why in the world would you get up on your only day off, put on your good shirt, all that Mary Kay and Mac makeup just to come into the house of God? You didn't come to hear the worship team as awesome as they are. You didn't come to hear me preach. You don't even know who I am. I think I know why you came today. You came because you knew somehow, some way God's presence would be resting in this place. And when God's presence shows up, oh, come on. somebody something is going to happen can we just take a praise break would you just praise God like you actually want his presence oh come on somebody you do know he inhabits the praises of his people whenever you open up your mouth and start clapping your hands you're not just making noise God says that's the place I gotta come sit down because somebody in Vegas is giving me praise (laughs) hallelujah I didn't come to see your outfit. I came because I knew his presence would be in this place. Your shoes are nice, but I came because his presence would be in there. Oh, look at it. I love it because he hadn't even done anything yet. But just his presence caused an atmosphere of expectation to hit the room. Oh, I can close my eyes. I can see them in this house. I can see them. I can see the sick in this house going, if he touches me. I know I'm going to be made whole. I can see it. I can see it. I, I can see practical things too because my wife and I, we have three kids, three and under. Pray for us. And so, so I can even see practical things like a mama with a little kid who's not even paying attention. He's just on his iPad. Just, she's like, Boy, pay attention. Jesus is in the house. He's going to tell you something. See, that's why you get in trouble at school, because you don't listen to anybody. Listen to Jesus. He's going to change your life. I can see it. I can see it. I can even see some ladies in the house. Because how many know Jesus was single and in the ministry? Come on, single people. You're going to be all right, okay? I can even see some ladies in the house talking about, girl, ooh, Yeshua is fine, girl. <laughs> you see that hair? hmm. I heard last week at a wedding, he turned water into wine. Yes, he did. Don't let him ask me out on a date. I'm ordering water. I mean, I can see it. I can see it. They're all packed in this place, and and they're all waiting. They're all waiting perhaps to see what Jesus was going to do because people love to see a show, but they should have been waiting to hear what Jesus was going to say because the Bible says they're all packed in this house. All Jesus does is he stands up, packed place, And he just starts preaching the word to them, the gospel, the good news, just starts preaching the word. That doesn't get you excited, but that gets me excited because I love to hear people preach the word of God you understand that something powerful happens whenever the word of God is preached in the presence of God I can't explain it, I don't know how but when you get in the presence of God and somebody starts preaching the word of God your life is transformed, your life is changed, that's why y'all never miss a Sunday if you can, I mean get your face in the place here at City Light because there's something about coming in this place and hearing the word of God being declared, come on Martin Luther said when the word is preached that's when God speaks, there's something about the Word of God being declared over your life that changes your life. You don't believe the power in God's Word? Haven't you noticed on the Sunday that you make a decision to say, I'm going to go to church today? That's when all hell starts breaking loose in your life. Your dog starts barking. Your cat goes crazy. Your goldfish jumps out of the tank. All of a sudden, your kids act like they have lost their mind. Your ex from 1973 wants to text you now on Sunday. Anytime you get ready to come into the house of God because the enemy knows there's something about us gathering hearing his word that changes our soul his word, his power in the word it's powerful. I'm telling you, I love to hear people preach the Word of God. I'm telling you, if you're preaching the Word, I am with you. I don't even care your style of how you preach it. That's how mature I've gotten. I don't even care your style of how you preach. I like calm preachers that preach the Word, and they just stay in one place and smile a lot and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I, I like calm preachers that preach the Word. I like preachers that get real excited when they're preaching the Word. And got a Hammond B3 organ behind them. And got veins popping out of their neck. Sound like like they have an asthma attack between these words you know that preacher they're more like this is my bible i am what it says i am i can do what it says i can do if it says i'm the head i'm the head if it says i'm above i'm above i'm so glad that god i mean i like those preachers too. I preach like that in some churches, but I don't want to scare some of y'all here on a Sunday morning. I love to hear people preach the word of God. But how many of you know in this passage today, this is no ordinary preacher. This is Jesus. This is the greatest preacher to ever preach. Oh, do you know why I preached like I had 6 Red Bull this morning? Cuz I had 6 Red Bull this morning. <laughs> But you know why I preach with so much passion and no matter how many services or wherever I'm at, I really do try my best to give it everything I got is because I know that when I get to heaven, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Come on. We don't want to hear any preachers in heaven. Put your little podcast to the side. The only person we want to hear in heaven is Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's the only one. Woo, I got to get all my preaching out now. <laughs> Understand that like when I preach or Pastor Jabin preaches, we just have a word. Jesus is the word. He was the word made flesh. A walking, living, breathing sermon. That means if Jesus really wanted to preach a good message, that's all he had to say. And he still would have been preaching. He was the word made flesh. And what would it have been like City Light Church to have been in that room that day? Oh, to listen to the living word preaching the written word and there they are in this packed house trying to pay attention to Jesus sermon but like people today in the middle of the message they got distracted they did because they're trying to listen to Jesus all of a sudden they go Yo, is somebody on the roof? (laughs) I'm trying to pay attention, but before you know it, debris starts falling down in the middle of this house, and a hole starts appearing in the roof, and a ray of sunlight comes to the room, and all of a sudden, a few hands and a few heads appear in this hole as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, historians believe this was the disciple Peter's house. Peter's house. They put in the hole in peter's roof okay let me explain the disciples for some of you if there's any disciple you don't want to put a hole in his roof it's peter okay put a hole in the disciple john's roof you know the one that's always laying on the chest of jesus because he'll just look up and say ah now i can see the stars that my creator has made for me not peter okay peter's like some of y'all you love jesus with all of your heart but don't let somebody cut you off on the highway okay peter Peter was working through some things. Peter was crazy. Peter would cuss you out. Peter would cut you. So I could see this hole getting bigger and bigger. And Peter's like, man, what the? And Jesus goes, watch your mouth, Peter. Watch your mouth. Come on, bro. We talked about this. The son of God, I'll make you a new roof. It's going to be all right, dude. All of a sudden, they start lowering this man down, 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 down. All the way at the feet of Jesus. Bible doesn't tell us the man's name. It doesn't even do us the courtesy of letting us know when his paralysis occurred. All the Bible tells us is that he is a paralytic man. Why is that important? It's important because if you study the Gospels, one of the things that you will find is that anytime Jesus interacts with a person, rarely do we get that person's name, where often than not we just get their gender and their condition. Have you ever noticed this? There was a man with a withered hand in the Bible. There was a woman with the issue of blood. What was her name? There was a man who was blind. There was a man who was deaf. We just get their gender and their condition. And do you know what it speaks to? I think it speaks to the human tendency to identify people by their issues we do the same thing today. People love to identify other people by their issues because it gives the human conscience comfort to put people in categories. So we love to label people and say he is this she is that. And you can hear when they talk about people behind their back. They'll say oh you see him he's an alcoholic. Oh you see her she's a drug addict. Oh you see him he's on his ninth wife. Isn't it funny how people will label you by certain moments in your life. Humans humans are the only people that will call you something for 50 years that you did one time in your past and five minutes and think the sum total of your life is some mistake that you made. But I got some good news from heaven for somebody in this place today. How many are thankful that if you are in Christ guess what you are a brand new creature your past has been washed away come on behold all things have been made brand new. Oh when Jesus looks at you he doesn't see your faults. he doesn't see your mistakes he just sees the blood of Jesus that all paid the price for all of your sin oh come on somebody that's good news to know that I'm more than my mistakes that my issue does not have to be my identity. Never define yourself by some dysfunction and some of you are messed up because you got the wrong people in your life who keep reminding you of your past and remind you of your mistakes and yeah I remember you back then you need to look at them and say you know what you know a whole lot about my history but you don't know anything about my destiny God's got greater in front of me than the mistakes of my past oh somebody ought to shout that's your word you should just take it right there Christ is in you. You're a brand-new creature. And they just labeled this man a paralytic man. And I love it because he made it to God's presence, but he still had his paralysis. He got through the roof. He made it to God's presence, but he still had his paralysis. I know you can't say anything in here today because it's church. You got to act real spiritual like you floated in here, <laughs> had communion for breakfast. But If we could be real, if we could be real in here, you'd be shocked at the person sitting next to you, lifting up their hands singing all the songs, loves Jesus with all of their heart. But if you're honest about your current spiritual condition, paralysis. I'm talking about the thing that affects your walk with the Lord. I'm talking about about the thing that maybe you cry out to God in a secret place and say, God, if I didn't have this, maybe my walk with you would be a whole lot better. And maybe you feel like this man today, you feel stuck you feel like people are passing you by you feel like giving up you feel like throwing in the towel and just quitting but god sent this crazy shouting sweating chocolate brother from dallas texas to tell you you can't give up you hear me you can't give up because god has a way of positioning you at the right place at the right time to hear the right word at the right moment so you can get up and walk in all that god has for you city light church thank god for these four friends This is why who you connect yourself with is critical. Thank God for these four. I love these four friends. These are the type of people I want in my life. I'm in a season of life where I just want tear the roof off people in my life. People that are going to push me to the next level. I don't want people that see me on the ground and say, you know, the ground ain't that bad. If that target got some more mats, you want me to go get you another? No, give me tear the roof off people. This man would have never gotten a miracle if not for these four friends who tore the roof off. Get you some tear the roof off friends who tell you no you can't stay here god's got more for you your life cannot be mediocre when you've been called to greatness come on now we're gonna make sure jesus meet with you today come on somebody get his arms i'm gonna get his i'll tear the roof off i'm crazy jesus gonna meet with you today come on somebody help me oh you've been eating carbs come on man get up. thank god for these four friends and no wonder no wonder jesus responded to their faith Don't miss that in the Bible, their faith. Not just the faith of the man, but the faith of the four friends who said, I'll do whatever it takes for him to get a breakthrough. And they tore the roof off in Preacher 101. If you're preaching a sermon and somebody comes through the roof in the middle of your sermon, who just shut that sermon down, okay? He has lost the room. I mean, this is a huge interruption. And the crowd is taken back that somebody's just come through the roof, but the crowd is also excited. Cause come on, this is what they paid their ticket to see. Come on. It's already been rumored throughout the region that Jesus has supernatural power. So as soon as the dude hits the floor, I can see the crowd going, oh, it's about to go down. I'm telling you, y'all, Jesus got power. He got real power. I don't know if he's going to take mud and rub it on his legs. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's going to be good. You better get your camera, put this on YouTube. And then this man, this man, I mean, think about him. It had to be embarrassing to be lowered into the presence of all of these people. But all of a sudden, his embarrassment is eradicated with the feeling of elation and hope. Because he knows for the first time in his life, he's going to be able to stand on his own two feet. For the first time in his life, he's going to be able to feel the sand between his toes. For the first time in his life, when he goes to a wedding, and they do the cha-cha slide, and they say, one hop this time. He's going to be able to do it. While the crowd is waiting to clap at a miracle and the man is thinking about dancing. Jesus, watch this now, who has the power to heal him. The first thing he says, the first thing he says is, son, your sins are forgiven. What? <laughs> okay. Are you spiritual people in the room? You identified yourself because as soon as I said since forgiven," you thought, oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Sin. That is the problem. No. But I don't know how you read the Bible. Here's how I read the Bible. Okay. When I read the Bible, I jump in the page of the Bible. Okay. I imagine what it would be like to be that particular individual. And that lets me know I probably would have gotten kicked out of the Bible right around Genesis uh, chapter one because whenever I am frustrated, whenever I'm annoyed, I have the tendency to be a little bit sarcastic. Okay, pray for me. I'm still in process. So if that's me, if that's me, and I've just been carried through a crowd, scene has been made up the side of a house, hole has been cut, in a construction has happened for me to get into the presence of a man that everybody's saying is going to heal me, and everybody's saying is going to make me walk again, and First th- the first thing he says is not get up and walk, but is, son, your sins are forgiven. I'm going... Oh, appreciate it, Jesus. You know, that's why we came all the way down here to get my sins forgiven. Yeah, that's the real obvious apparent issue, to get my sins forgiven. Yeah, I don't need these legs. I don't want to walk. I came all the way down here to get my sins forgiven. Hey, guys, sins forgiven. Mission accomplished. Let's go home. What is Jesus talking about? People, you got to read your Bible. It is funny stuff in your Bible. In this moment, Jesus seems to be the only ignoramus in the room. Who doesn't realize this man is not looking to get his sins forgiven. He wants to do the moonwalk. (laughs) Oh, but what do you do when Jesus doesn't address the thing you think he should address? What do you do? when it seems Jesus is completely oblivious or rather acting ignorant to your current situation. Ah, That's when you actually have to pay close attention. Because when he seems to be acting ignorant, he's actually about to give you incredible insight. Because this man, just like us, didn't even realize he was at the exact place and posture that God often reveals himself to you. Oh, hear me City Light Church. There is a place in life that is annoying, that is frustrating, But it is often the place that God reveals himself to you. And that place is this. Whenever your experience doesn't line up with your expectation, God is trying to give you a revelation of who he really is. Let's say it again. Whenever your experience doesn't line up with your expectation, God is trying to give you a revelation of who he is. Because rarely is Jesus recognized he is more often revealed and he'll reveal himself to you at the place where your experience doesn't line up with your expectation. Oh, this is the last service. Can I give you something I didn't give the other services? I could take you throughout the Bible and show you situations and scenarios where people's experience didn't line up with their expectation and the whole thing was a setup for God to reveal himself to them. Can I give you my favorite one? Do you remember John chapter 11? Read it when you get to the crib, John chapter 11. Well, we're introduced to a family. You remember Mary and Martha, sisters, and their brother Lazarus gets sick just out of the blue. He starts coughing. <laughs> I think I got the black lung. Just starts coughing. And uh, <laughs> they, they don't trip at first because it's not that bad. All of a sudden, it gets worse and worse and worse to the point Lazarus can't even get out of the bed. And in my mind, in my mind, Martha's kind of poised. She's keeping it together. But Mary is freaking out. She's like, what are we And Martha's like, girl, stop that crying. Okay, stop that crying. Let me ask you something. When Jesus comes into town, whose house does he stay at? He stays at our house. Girl, that means this whole house is covered in the presence of the Lord. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. As a matter of fact, get my cell phone. Get my cell phone. Come on, y'all know this Bible story. Takes her cell phone, immediately sends a text message to Jesus. Says, hey, Jesus, the one you love, doesn't even say his name. He knows who I'm talking about. The one you love is sick. You, Jesus, do what you do. Send. Jesus is on the other side of town preaching the gospel. As he's preaching the gospel, cell phone text message noise goes off. Ding, ding. Jesus goes, what I tell y'all about cell phones while I'm preaching? <laughs> disciples are like, Jesus, that's your phone. He's like, oh, my bad. Pulls out his cell phone, sees the text message from Martha, says, the one you love is sick. You, Jesus, do what you do. He immediately responds. He says, do not worry. This cyclone, this sickness (laughs) predictive text will mess you up this sickness will not end in death sin sends it back to Martha Martha gets the text oh girl look who just texted me Jesus look at what he said he said this sickness will not end in death I told you he's an on time God yes he is I mean they start having church (laughs) I'm so sorry I was, I was so selfish as a communicator because that whole moment wasn't even for you. It was for me because it was so funny to watch your faces go. I ain't never read this version before my entire life. Let me help some of you today. That is the NIV, okay? Negro International Version, okay? It's a different translation. It's not at Family Christian Bookstores. Ain't that Barnes & Noble? They start shouting off of a text message? Oh, but don't miss the tension in the text. Right after they finish dancing, Lazarus dies. <laughs> and Jesus has the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to not come to the funeral, didn't come to the graveside service, didn't come to the house when they're eating chicken. He shows up four days late, walking in town, cool, calm and collected, talking about how y'all doing? Y'all good, y'all good, y'all good? Mary and Martha are like, no, he didn't. <laughs> Jesus, I will cut you. Oh, they were so mad. They said, Jesus, you would have been here. Our brother wouldn't have died. Their experience didn't line up with their expectation. They were expecting him to come. As soon as they sent word that he was sick, he had stayed in their house, but he didn't. He didn't come when he was sick. He waited till Lazarus died, and not just died, till he was dead, and not just dead. Four days. That's dead. (laughs) Right when they're experienced in line with their expectation, he goes to the place where they buried him, preaches a three-point sermon and says Lazarus, come forth. And they dead man came out of the grave and thank God it was a three point sermon because you do know his word is so powerful if he would have just gone to a graveyard and said come forth every dead person in there would have been like hold on he talking about me and it would have been a thriller video so I want to pause and thank God that he can get the right word to the right person at the right time so that situation that looks like it's dead oh he is the resurrection and the life so it's not over until God says it's over. Somebody needs to take 10 seconds and praise God over every situation that the enemy told you it was over. Oh, it's not over until God says it is. Worship team, join me. I gotta hurry. Can you see Mary and Martha? Can you see them taking off the grave clothes off of their brother who was dead? Talking about, girl, Jesus, off the chain. who you stink see I thought he only had power to heal people when they were sick I didn't know he had power to raise people from the dead and girl we would have never known resurrection power was in him until our experience didn't line up with our expectation I'm telling you the situation you've been complaining about, you could flip the script on the enemy and start praising about him. Because that whole thing is just a setup for God to reveal himself to you in a deeper way. Come on, sometimes it's not until you get the bad doctor's report that you get a revelation that he is a healer. Sometimes it's not until you watch people that you thought you could trust stab you in the back. You get a revelation that he's never going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Sometimes it's not until your money is funny and your change is strange. (laughs) You got more bills than you got income that you'll get a revelation that he is Jehovah Jireh, which means he's your provider. He can make a way. He's revealing himself to you. What is he revealing to this man? Well, look at what he says to him. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Only a savior can say that. Only somebody who's going to pay the price for the sins of the world can say your sins are forgiven. And in that moment, that man had to be thinking, oh, Jesus, hello, my legs. Oh, why did I come to you? You don't even know what my problem is. And Jesus is going, No, you don't know what your problem is. Ah, you got a dislocated finger i know you think your legs are the big big issue but your legs are just the fruit of the issue sin is the root of the issue and i got to deal with the root of the issue before i deal with the fruit of the issue so that you can be healed from the inside out god wants to get to the root of your issue but you gotta let him so he says your sins are forgiven to get to the root and i love it because as soon as he addresses the root of the issue that's when the pharisees The Sanhedrin, the haters, they thought to themselves, oh, he's blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? He was God. So much God, he responded to what they thought. They didn't even say it, they thought it. He goes, why y'all thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. He says, so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He looks at that man and says, I tell you, get up. Somebody say, get up. Oh, come on. Say it like you got some power. Say, get up. Say it like you got some faith. Say, get up. Oh. I'm telling you, I love the way Jesus did this miracle. He could have done it all kinds of ways. He could have said, I'm going to do a six week series on how you can get up. He could have laid hands on them. He could have got people around him to give him a hand. He said, but no, not for this miracle. He said, you've been down so long. I'm just going to give you a word and you're going to have to activate your faith and do something you've never done before so you can get something you've never received. You got to get up. Somebody with faith, would you just shout get up? Somebody came all the way to church today to get those two words. Get up. Oh, get up from fear. Get up from worry. Get up from everything the enemy's trying to hold you down in. Come on, somebody give God some praise and say, get up. Get up. Watch this. The man gets up. I imagine the entire place erupted giving God praise get up if you're not already up and if it was me i would have stopped the miracle at get up but i love jesus hear me just real soft because he's not just powerful he's practical how many you know these sunday mornings are awesome they're powerful but you gotta have some practical things you're doing during the week if you're gonna walk into what god has for you jesus says get up then he tells him something else that when i read it it literally made me laugh out loud he goes get up then he goes oh and take your mat That man had to be thinking, "Uh, Jesus, I'm good. You know how long I've been laying on that mat? He's like, no, 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 you're not good. Take your mat. That man had to be thinking, why do I got to carry this silly mat around? And I think it's because Jesus didn't want him to ever forget that it used to be down on the ground. Oh, see, sometimes when God raises you up, if you're not careful, you'll start to get anointed amnesia. Come on, you'll forget where you could have been and where you should have been if it had not been for the grace of God. Come on, I came to tell somebody, your mat is your testimony. Don't you ever forget where God has brought you from. Don't you forget your mat. says, take your mat. Then he tells them, go home. I can see this dude walking to his house for the very first time. That's how you walk when you just got your legs. You <laughs> can see him knocking on the door of his house. You can see maybe his kids coming to the door. Dad, Dad, you're standing, Mom, come see. Sees him standing there. I imagine tears come down their face. Maybe at that moment he looks at them and says, family, y'all can't even see the real miracle. The real miracle is not just that my legs have been healed, which is awesome. The real miracle is that my sins have been washed away i got so much more than what i came for i thought i was just coming for my legs but i serve a savior that went so much deeper who got to the root of the issue because whenever god does a work in your life hear me he will heal you from the inside out that man's legs would just prove positive that god had done a deeper work on the inside and the same savior who did it for that man wants to do it for you today. Hey, come on, you've been picking at the fruit of issues too long. The fruit of the issue. God wants to get to the root so you can be healed. I'm gonna ask every head be bowed, every eye be closed in this moment, nobody leaving, nobody moving. But I believe in this moment, and even as I was preaching, that the Holy Spirit was speaking to hearts today. I don't know what's at the root of the issue today. But I do know that Jesus wants you to just surrender that thing to him. For somebody, it could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness you've been holding towards somebody. And it's not keeping them down. It's keeping you down. And Jesus says today, just give me that thing so you can get up and walk in all that I have for you. Just in this moment with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, you know what? There's something or some things that are at the root of the issue. And today, I'm just going to surrender it to Jesus. I'm tired of holding it. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand all over this place today? Just acknowledge it, I know what that is. And today, God, I'm giving it to you. Give it to you. Yeah, hands are going up all over this place. Yeah, you can just lift it up. And you can put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. That's all God wants is your honesty. He cannot change who you pretend to be. He can only deal with the real you. Anybody else say, I know what that is. And today, God, I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Head still bowed, I'll still close. If you've never taken that first step, which is to say, Jesus, my life is yours. You just need to get up and get in relationship with Jesus today. Today, I want to include you in this closing prayer. Would you lift up your hand if that's you saying, I need to surrender my life to Jesus? Yeah. I see those hands. Thank you, God. Can we pray this closing prayer as one big family? We're all going to say it, but especially those of you who responded for either one of those. Come on, let's pray this prayer as one family. Would you say this? Say, dear Jesus. Thank you so much for dying on a cross getting up from the grave for me. Jesus, I know your body was held to a cross so that my life could have freedom. I give you permission. Get to the root of the issue. Heal me. Fix me. From this moment forward, I will get up and walk in all that you have for me, Jesus. I thank you that you don't just cause me to get up. You give me a mat, a testimony that shows the world when I encountered you, I got more than what I came for. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Come on, a few minutes.